This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Church on this August the 20th, 2023. Today, our guest speaker is Reverend Bob Forehand. He'll be speaking on a man of God sidetracked out of 1 Kings. Here's the Pine Level Pentecostal Church praise team. They also have a new song today. I hope you enjoy that. And we'll be starting off today with He Has Made Me Glad. He has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made
sing while the choir assembles. We're going to sing a song that we hadn't sung in a while, uh, but uh, Brother Thomas uh, mentioned the song the other night, and I said, it might work out. So you're going to hear a voice that don't, don't normally sing with the choir. Amen. If you could see what I once was, if you could go with me. started from then I know you would see a miracle of love that put me in his sweet embrace and made me what I am to sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. When I stood
I have to admit, David and uh, Brother Vic, that uh, Brother Thomas, that song brought back a lot of wonderful memories that touched my heart. I was but yet a sinner. Yes, sir. I'm nothing <laughs> without God. Ain't that something? That's I special. Love I love those old songs. I, it brings me back all, all the way back to the youth. And we thank our youth being here this morning. And uh, this is our Youth Sunday, so uh, thank them for taking up our offering this morning. And uh, uh, it is time to continue to worship in our giving this morning. And we thank you for your giving and blessing God. And uh, this, at this time, it is still a very important part of our worship and praising God and thanking God. So uh, thank you for your giving. Let's pray this morning. Father. We thank you for loving us again, dear Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to give to you, to just bless you this morning and bless your church and bless your people, dear Father. Bless the giver, dear Father, and bless that that is given, dear Father, that we may reach and touch the lost, dear Father, that we may build your kingdom and your love and your honor in everything that we do. We praise you in thy name. Amen. privilege and my honor to introduce our speakers today, uh, uh, Brother and Reverend and Pastor, uh, Reverend uh, uh, Bobby Forehand and his wife Cecilia. You know, I'm, I'm one and I think all of us would say it takes two to minister and I, I know it takes both of you and thank you for being here also. They've been married uh, over 40 years, 42 years and they have uh, two children He's a graduate of Heritage Bible College, and it sounds like he was a senior when our pastor was a freshman. Uh, so they did cross paths, and then many times afterwards they got to know each other and spend time together. Um, so we appreciate again him being here. He's been a minister, uh, teaching the Word, preaching the Word uh, for over 40 years, since 1971, I believe, and uh, uh, again, that's a lot of ministry, but one of the things that he said when he uh, texted me was that uh, 
you know, he's retired from pastoring, but he's not retired from ministering and teaching and preaching the word. You know, when you're truly called by God, I don't think you ever quit teaching and preaching. You don't. And we thank God for that. And we thank God for you being here. Brother Fellhan, you're welcome. The pulpit is yours. And use it the way you see fit, brother. Thank you. God bless you. Well, it is really good to see every one of you. And um, I would like for you, please, to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 13. And I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. And while you are finding 1 Kings in the Old Testament, it's probably behind me, isn't it? Well, don't let that stop you from bringing your Bibles to church. Um, nonetheless, I, I have enjoyed um, Brother Farrell Hardison for many, many years. And um, his sense of humor has always appealed to me. When he was evangelizing, um, he, I was um, at that point close to him uh, geographically. And I dropped in on him one day and brought him a present. Um, a couple of evangelism shirts, white shirts it was back in the day. It really, I told him not to worry, I got them on sale. <laughs> we were in Oklahoma City one time, and uh, I was buying something. He was with me at the cash register, and whatever the price was, it came out a lot cheaper. <laughs> And they thought I had this gift of, of um, horse trading, I'll call it. It just so happened. But he and Millie, um, Millie and I are actually kin. Um, I don't know how far back, but they have made a wonderful couple through these years. And um, I love that man very dearly. Um, when I see him, and I don't see him as much as I want to, um, or as often as I would like, but when I see him, we pick right up where we left off. And that is a sign of a good friendship. We don't have to warm up again. Well, I'd like to read these verses in 1 Kings chapter 13, 8 through 10. And the man of God said unto the king, if thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat not nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Solomon had died, and his son Rehoboam obviously had inherited the kingdom, and the kingdom had divided under the ministry or the kingship of uh, Rehoboam. Seems that Solomon had some, gave his, some of his servants a bad time, and they fled to, to Egypt under the leadership of Jeroboam, and when Solomon died, they came back to Judah, hoping that Solomon's son, Rehoboam, would be a little less um, strict than his dad. But he said, no, it's going to be tougher times for you. And so with that said, he just left Israel, or left the land of his upbringing. And he took most of the people with him, to the extent that he had... Um, the ten tribes he took with him were called the northern tribes, and the two that remained were obviously called the southern tribes. And those southern tribes cons consisted of Simeon, Judah, and Simeon. Now, uh, the tribe of Benjamin was kind of absorbed into those two tribes. But the northern tribes and the southern tribes. Now, Jeroboam was aggravated. He was a mean man. He was... Um, disgusted and I think he was full of ego and I think he had a problem with God because he decided I will build my altar on altar 
when, where, and when I want it. I will observe Passover when and where I want it. I will get my priests to be whomever I want. So as opposed to the uh, 14th day of the first month in Judah, he went the 14th day of the second month. Rather than having holy priests, he chose some of the meanest men, lewd fellows of the baser sort, and they were his religious advisors. He, he had it in for Rehoboam because of hatred he could not get over. Well, you know that um, when, Rehoboam, when Jeroboam was a king, that uh, a man of God, don't know who his name was, he went and tore down the altar that Jeroboam had built, made Jeroboam so mad that he said, go get that man, go bring him here. And all that happened was as he tried to stretch out his hand, and I think he was trying to grab this man of God, his arm fell limp. He couldn't move it. He got in trouble and then he prayed. And the man of God prayed for him. Sometimes I think he shouldn't have. But he prayed for him. And he got his strength back in his arm. And that's when he made the deal. Come sit with me. Come eat with me. I'll give you whatever you want. And the man of God said, no. Half of your house, no. The Lord said, a certain way. He said for me not to eat nor drink anything. Now, earlier this man was a message from God. He had a message from God to the king of Israel. But later on, he got sidetracked. Isn't it shameful when a man of God gets sidetracked? I've known that to happen. One of my very best friends in the ministry got sidetracked. Christians have to be careful that we don't become sidetracked. Our eye is on the gold. We look to heaven. We press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we have to keep our eyes on heaven. So this offer that was made by the king really sounded good. I want to give you a reward. Now, there was another man in the Bible that wanted to use his ministry for a reward, and that would, of course, be Balaam, if you will remember. His way was, uh, I'll just work out with you uh, people. That was um, uh, Balak had been approached, uh, Balaam had been approached by Balak and said, let's make a deal. And so Balaam thinking, I could make some money out of this deal, but he got sidetracked. And his donkey got him straight on that. Um, but as you know, easy. So here this man of God, after this reward, you know, that kind of, mm, a little money, I, I, I got a house payment to make, I got some children to raise, I got a mortgage coming up. I've got a car payment to make. I have some groceries to buy. School's starting. I got to buy some clothes. And my children are growing so quickly they're changing sizes all the time. I could use a little extra money. I don't even have a dime in savings, just a little extra. It won't really hurt me. So. He meets this old prophet on the way home. He meets, meets this old prophet. And, you know, now, all the king wanted to do was invite him in for a meal. It is not a sin to have a meal. It is not a sin to eat with the king. It is only a sin when the Lord says don't do it, whatever it might be. I mean, he could have said, at least help me build back the altar that you just threw down and make it like the one in Judah 
and get us straight. But he wouldn't have done it anyway. Jeroboam wouldn't have done it anyway. And, and so the man of God, unnamed, said, you just wait a minute, buddy Roe. In 300 years, a man named Josiah will take care of this. You need to know what happened. 300 years later, a man, Josiah, a king, one of the last of the godliest kings, tore that altar down. So now he didn't eat. He's a prophet. He's hungry. He's weary. And he really could have used that meal. He could have used that reward to buy him some food with. But he obeyed the Lord. He didn't take it because the Lord said not. Having offered that reward, having refused that reward, he he didn't know if he'd make it back home or not. You know what it's like to work all day without water, wondering if you'll ever make it home before supper time needing to take a little break to drink a drink of water, but you don't have any. And you know that can just totally take all the energy out of you. And this is how that prophet finds himself. It was charged me by the word of the Lord. God told me this. He didn't say I made up my mind about this is... I get this divine revelation, which sometimes so many people get and get confused. That, incidentally, is how they get sidetracked. But I came by the word of the Lord. And it was the word of the Lord that gave me these instructions. Now, all of that is very interesting to me. But then, before long, he meets another prophet, an old prophet, retired. And by the time you read about this prophet, you begin to believe he just wasn't retired from from, uh, being a, a prophet. He was retired from ministry totally. Now, you know something? Satan had a timing in all of this. And the devil has a timing in your temptations. He will attack you at your weakest point. And sometimes he will attack you at your strongest points. The strongest point may be uh, the more dangerous because you're strong. You can take this on. Bring it on. We have that sense sometimes to say, well, you know, I can conquer this one. And sometimes that sense of pride, the devil can sweep right in. And since we find and realize we can conquer it, all of a sudden we find ourselves in a fix. And the truth is, he's conquered us before we already know it. And then sometimes at our weakest points he comes in, he realizes that we are vulnerable and we could not withstand anything he would throw at us. I believe he could throw a frying pan at us and we would fall into his temptation. So now comes his old prophet, and he sees him, and now this old man of God, the unnamed man of God who prophesied to Jeroboam, had a great achievement. He was just home, on the way home, from a great achievement and victory for the Lord. You know, sometimes when we've done our very best, when temptations come. What had Jesus done in the wilderness for 40 days? He had fasted and prayed. He had no water. He had no bread. And what happened? The devil tempted him. And Jesus had, had probably, as far as his personal ministry is concerned, had likely accomplished the greatest victory he would ever accomplish except for the one on Calvary. And the devil tempts. If you be the Son of God. He tried to put that doubt in his mind. If you be the Son of God. If you be the Son of God. Jesus was quite unlike this unnamed prophet who prophesied to Jeroboam. He had been told not to go back the way he came. When when you let a little sin in your life. When, when you've allowed a little bit of the devil, or can I say a little bit of the world in your life, 
I can tell you, you are in a heap of trouble. Don't go back. When you realize there's a little bit of the world in you, run the other direction. I heard a lady tell me a few weeks ago in in the church that she was a member at. Her and her church had her and her husband had pastored, and I asked her why they weren't still there, and she says there was more. Church, she says, there's more church in the world than there is world in the church. Um, and I figured more world in the church than there is church in the world, I think. I got that mixed up. But she said, we have a deacon that runs around. We have a deacon that shows up drunk. And we have people that uh, don't even, aren't even saved in the board. And we just decided to walk out. Well, that's the good thing to do when you got a little bit of sin in the church. And it sounds to me like there was more than just a little bit of sin. Now, I really did like this old, I like bluegrass music, okay? I hope you don't get mad and throw me out. Or tell me not to come back on the way out. But there was an old bluegrass song. There's a drunkard in the church. And he won't do right. What shall we do? Take his liquor and pour it out. Let the church roll on. You know one thing? Ladies, nothing wrong or offensive intended. There's a woman on the in the church. Got paint on her face. What shall we do? Take some water. Wash it off. Let the church roll on. All I'm saying is this. We need to let the church move forward without the help of the devil. In other words, the church can move forward without the help of the devil. We never will move forward with his help. And if we do move forward with his help, I can tell you it is not the right kind of help we need. I can tell you it is not what we need. It is not what God is pleased with. It is a thing that will bring us down lower than we've ever been. And it will take the grace of God and only the grace of God that will ever bring us back where we should have been. Don't look after the devil. It will get you sidetracked. It will get your eyes off of Jesus. It will be like Peter walking on the water when he took his eyes off Jesus. Then beginning to sink, he cried to the Lord. Listen. This old prophet, he had been a prophet. But he had some wickedness about him. So this is Satan's disguise. This man has the appearance of a prophet. Maybe he's dressed in prophet's attire for the day. And for the most part, it was a woolen garment. Maybe he had the right words to say. But maybe he combed his hair like prophets do, except Elisha. Maybe he did those things. You know Elisha was bald, right? Okay. But here he is, and he's full of wickedness. And and the, the unnamed prophet listens to what he has to say. He, he called up, he heard about the great thing the man of God had done, and he sent after him and said, Look, I want you to uh, come to my house. I've got some food. I've got some water. I've got some apple pie for dessert. I've got anything you want. I just want you to come to my house. Now, this man was not a king. This man did not have the wherewithal to, to do for this unnamed prophet what King Jeroboam could have done. But it doesn't take but just a little bit of temptation to get somebody sidetracked. A church can go sidetracked. A pastor can go sidetracked. A beloved one in the church can go sidetracked. A family member can get sidetracked. They, all they can do is just take their eyes off of Jesus and look toward the things of the world. A little status. A little prominence. A little knowledge. All of these things can if take eyes off Jesus and cause you to become sidetracked. They don't have to. 
they're not necessarily wrong, but they can cause you to get sidetracked if you get out of where the Holy Ghost wants you to live. We have to understand that we submit to the Holy Ghost. He does not submit to us. We obey Him. We obey the Son of God. We obey our Father God. We obey the Holy Ghost. They are not to bow at our feet and worship. We are to bow at their feet and worship. And as long as we keep our knees bent on worship to them, we will never, never, never become sidetracked. I can look at you this very day and tell you I do not want to become sidetracked. I would rather drop dead in this pulpit right now than become a sidetracked preacher. I've been in the ministry uh, 53 years and it's I've gone too long now, too long to become sidetracked. But you know something? The devil still sticks his claws in me. He still has me on his radar. He still wants me to fall if he can make me fall. And do you know what? It is just so sweet to trust in Jesus. I know that he holds me up. I know that he holds my hand. I know he loves me. I know he does not want me to fail. I know he will keep me from falling by his grace. He will keep me from falling. He will preserve my soul. And I will present. he will present me faultless and spotless before his Father. And I will be granted an eternal and welcome entrance into the kingdom of heaven but I can't get sidetracked I cannot get sidetracked it happens if we do you know here's this old prophet trying to get a younger man of God to disobey I can think about this come on it's okay you're hungry just a little bit a little bit won't hurt you know just a little bit you'll be okay Folks say, just just take a sip of wine. It won't kill you. One of our presidents said, if you never take that first sip, you'll never become an alcoholic. That was a good statement. Now, just so you know, the strongest thing I've ever drunk was this morning with that strong coffee that I drank. Now, the man of God tried to obey God's will. But, but this old prophet came and found him sitting under a tree. And that's when he said, you know, um, don't linger under this tree. Come back to the house. Can't go. The Lord told me which way to go and not to eat or anything until I go back home. But the old prophet, this wicked prophet, he kept and kept and kept the temptation, the temptation. Come on, do it. Just one. Just a little while. You don't have to stay five minutes. Grab a bite to eat, drink a drink of water, and move forward. Look, I'm a prophet just like you are. Just a little older. A little more experience. I know more about how the Lord works than you. He's worked in my life just like he's worked in yours. I know what you did to King Jeroboam and his altar. I used to do that back in the day. I can hear that. You know, I'm just old, but I'm like you. Just a little older, which means I've got more white hair and more experience. That raises a lot to me, a question about his character. He's leading a man of God astray. Tell me what kind of old prophet wants to do that. What kind of preacher would do that to a man of God? I cannot figure that one out except one that is out of the will of God. The truth is it was all a lie. It was a joke to true prophets. It was an abomination in the sight of God. Now you've got a good prophet, the one that was the man of God. He had a weak spot. He allowed himself to listen to that prophet. He decided, well, maybe he does have something to say to me after all. So I will listen. 
he does have more experience. He has read more books. He has more education than I do. I will listen to what he has to say. I mean, you know, I've refused the invitation of a king. To be sure, I cannot refuse the invitation of my fellow uh, prophet, of a colleague in the ministry. I mean, him being a minister can't hurt me all that much. We're more apt to become disabled and sidetracked when we listen to alleged men of God who are out of God's will. And you don't have to be a TV preacher to get somebody out of God's will. You don't have to be one of these TV preachers that want you to send them your tithe or your offering. They want to send a little, whatever kind they call it, seed money or whatever. You know, they can get you. You don't have to be that kind of, of preacher. You, you can pastor the smallest church in, in the conference and help get somebody out of the will of God. Just listen. It's, to me, this is a tragic story. And yet it's true, a tragic story in Scripture. What did Jesus say? Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Oh, that this man of God had only heeded the Word of God. I mean, he didn't intend to do what he did. It reminds me of an old saying, sin will make you do what you don't want to do. It will cost you more than you intended to pay. It will make you go further than you intended to go. I don't believe this uh, man of God who prophesied against Jeroboam really meant to do the things that he did. It was just a lying preacher that got him sidetracked. I mean, that's the truth, and you know, you should love preachers and pray for them. But now, the more and more he gives in to this, to, gives in rather to this old uh, prophet, he gets further and further sidetracked. How, how much further can you go when you're driving your car on the shoulder uh, shoulder of the road? You ain't got much further to go than before they're gonna be calling the tow company to get you out of the ditch. Well. Look out. This young prophet is getting there. And the fourth thing I'm going to tell you is this. The price this man of God had to pay. Remember, the man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord. He obeyed God. And then, after a great victory, he disobeys God. the Lord sent him the Lord sent him to do what he did in Judah now the, the same prophet who urged him to disobey the will of God then pronounced judgment on him isn't that something I don't know all that went on there but I know that once the man, the old prophet who had invited the, the man of God to come over to his house and have some, something to eat, he then pronounced judgment on him. And it was not a nice judgment. He said, you'll never reach your own home. I mean, you'll be a carcass quickly. Your dead body will be brought to the place of our father's sepulchers to be buried. That will never happen to you. You, you're going to be something worse than that. You disobeyed the commandment of God. God gave you strict orders what to do, and you disobeyed. Now, I don't understand all of this. Maybe God had told this old prophet something about, you know, there's a man coming. I'll give him that. And if he doesn't do right, you tell him. But I can, I'm really not sure that I believe that. I really, really believe it was someone used to get a man of God sidetracked. God will not use anyone. You should not use anyone to get a man of God sidetracked. God will not use any of one that I know to help get me sidetracked. 
I'm his people. You understand? I'm his people. I'm his son. His blood purchased me at Calvary just like it did for you. And God is concerned that we make our way to heaven ultimately, that we arrive in heaven pure and spotless and free, that we will be there to present many crowns before our Lord, and we will fall at his feet and worship him through eternity, that we will say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and evermore shall be. That's what we will sing day and night. We will cease not to say those precious words and we will worship Him. All the the people that are mentioned in the the book of the Revelation, thousands of thousands and thousands, ten thousands times ten ten thousands. In other words, the 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 original meaning of the that verse in the scripture means that there were millions and millions and millions and an innumerable number. I mean, the same will be with angels. Do you think that since the Lord wants us to be part of that scene, since the Lord wants us to be there, He will compromise our opportunities by sending someone to sidetrack us? Now, it's a given that the devil's going to come. Understand that. But he don't have to get you. Paul said we are not a... We are aware of his devices. We are not ignorant of his devices, is what Paul said. That's why I said we need to walk circumspectly. Not to be fools, but to be full of the Holy Ghost. To be on the lookout. To be armed with the armor of God. For we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And he has devices aimed to get you down. That's a given. Years ago, the United States Supreme Court was asked to define pornography. And I believe it was the Chief Justice said, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. You know something? I can't always tell you what the devil has or what he is, but I know him when I sense his presence. And it is most of the time When I sense His presence, more strongly I sense the presence of the Lord because He is there to hold me up in my arms lest at any time I dash my foot against a wall or against a stone. He is always there with me. The lying prophet went unpunished. The man who came by according to the word of the Lord, he was the one that was punished just for disobeying. Just for disobeying. How many times have we disobeyed God and He not punish us when He should have? The younger prophet started home. Going home now. I've got a belly full of food. Thirst is quenched. I'll be home by noon or by uh, dark, probably. Uh, depends on how long it takes me to journey. But I'll be there before too long. But then a lion met him and killed him. He should have gone back the way God told him to. He should not have eaten the bread and drunk the water that God told him not to eat and not to to drink. And the man, the old, the, the young prophet was riding a mule. I, interestingly enough, the lion didn't go after the mule. You would think that he did, if for no other reason, more meat to eat. But he didn't. But he went after the man of God who disobeyed God. And he had to lay there a long time because people soon began to see. They came by and they saw the mule standing. They saw the carcass of the man of God. If only 
he had gone back the way God told him to. If only he had not eaten and not drunk. If only. But now he's dead. He will never go prophesy against sin any longer. He will never uh, kick down any idol again. He will never stand firmly in the word of God again. He's been sidetracked. And there is a, the mule looking over at everything. And there's the carcass. So folks come by now and they're looking at it. They're seeing what's begun to happen. And they saw the old prophets which, prophet which brought about, which the devil used to bring this thing about. Now you know something. Satan's timing, and this may apply to some of you, sometimes it applies to me, I don't mind telling you that. Satan's timing was after a great achievement for God. His disguise was the appearance of an old prophet. His strategy, his strategy was to use something trivial. I mean, you know, you're going to eat, you're going to drink, coming and going. Nothing wrong with any of these things. Just something that's not that big a deal. But listen to me. When God says, don't do it, it is a big deal. There's nothing trivial about that kind of thing. When God says no, and when God says no, you better listen to it. The Apostle Paul had an infirmity. He had a thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times that it might go away, and the Lord said no. Do you know something? I believe that Paul never prayed the fourth time. Having prayed the fourth time, that would have been a trivial, not a trivial matter. It would have, to me, indicated that he had a lack of faith in God. This is how I believe it. When God tells you no, you better say no. When God says preach, you better preach. When he says stay, you better stay. And while there may be nothing wrong with any of these things, the whole bottom line is they will get you out of the will of God. That's all the old prophet and all of his schemes that that's all they amounted to. The big deal is that the devil wants to get you out of the will of God. If God says it's my will for you to go buy groceries tomorrow, you better buy groceries tomorrow. That's trivial, isn't it? That's trivial. That's not a big deal. But you might run into somebody that needs an encouraging word or a word of ministry from you. Then it becomes a big deal. Very trivial, this thing. Not really a big deal. All of these things that don't matter all that much, they brought this unnamed prophet who had just delivered a great message to King Jeroboam. They brought him down. They brought him down and he never would get up again. What was Satan's triumph in all of this? A man of God sidetracked. A man of God sidetracked. He's now a carcass, this man of God. He's cast in the way. He is a live wire who is now lifeless. He's a useful servant who had outlived his usefulness. He is a grand example of solemn warning to all of us who would listen this man of God who went down to Jeroboam by the word of the Lord, who prophesied to Jeroboam, he had resources and resources and resources. And I will not tell you he had more than we have. He had less than we have. We have a full Bible. He didn't have anything but the first five books of the Bible. But he knew to obey God. How much more tragic would it be for us to become sidetracked with all of our resources, with all the things God has placed in our hands? How much more would it become tragic? I don't want to fail the Lord. 
I want to run my 53 years, 53 years, and be a failure. I do not. I want to serve Him until I draw my final breath. Don't you? Don't you stand? Stand with me, please. I'm going to ask you to stand. Dear God in heaven, how thankful we are that we can gather, we can assemble as the saints do and worship your name, that we can listen to preaching and teaching. And Father, I, I pray that the message went up strongly and truthfully. Well, I pray that I offended no one. I know that the gospel is offensive. It is offensive to the world. It is offensive to the backsliding or the sidetracked Christian. God, may your will be done at the close of this service. I have no idea who these people are. You know every one of them. I don't know their hearts. You know every one of them. I don't judge. That's not my job. The Father hath committed all judgment to the Son. So John 5 and 22 tells us. But help me, Lord, to close this service properly. It means that much to me. I'm certainly not standing up here to accuse anybody because most of you have never seen me until today. So I don't know anything about you. But it might be that you sense that this past week Satan has tried to sidetrack you. Or, or maybe you're leaning a little bit more toward uh, the world side than to Christ's side. Maybe you're beginning to waver in your faith. If you begin to waver in your faith, James said you won't receive anything from the Lord. So stay steady. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And I give you the opportunity not to embarrass, but if you sense that you begin to get sidetracked, I'm going to give you that opportunity to come down here and let's pray about it. I've always made it a point to give an altar call. It's just part of the evangelist in me. I started out as an evangelist, and I want to end up my life preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, getting a little sidetracked. I don't want to wind up in the shoulder of the road. I want to wind up where God wants me. And I want his, want his keeping. Will you come forward and let's pray up here before we leave. Would you just come forward? The Pine Level Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.